Good morning. It is Thursday, September 22nd. It's six minutes after nine. This is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That guy is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there too. Casey Daniels 317. We're both on YouTube right now. If you type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar and unlike the Tony Katz show, yeah, we're on Spotify. We put all of the carefully curated music that Kevin puts together in our bumper music. If you're on Spotify, just type in Kendall and Casey or the date Kendall and Casey and you'll get every single day's playlist. Coming up later this hour we're going to speak with John Rust who is running for U.S. Senate against Jim Banks. We're also going to hear from Ted Cruz and he believes that Joe Biden's not going to be the 24 Democrat nominee and we'll hear why he says that but we start off the hour talking about Donald Trump. He made the first of one of his five planned visits to Iowa which he has through the end of October. The visits aimed at converting what polls show. Well he already he has a commanding lead, and he wants to make that even bigger. Okay, uh, before we get to this, the Rust interview, people absolutely need to hang around for this because what the the Republicans and Democrats, you, you will not find a bigger group of greaseballs than the people who run the Democrat and Republican parties in the state of Indiana. I mean, the, the ballot access laws in this state, and they are done deliberately to keep people that the party cannot control off the ballot are gross and disgusting. And uh, this Rust lawsuit uh, is very important. You know about it, become aware of it. And whether you are conservative, liberal, whatever, everyone should be supporting John Rust because what happens in this state is that the Republicans and Democrats confiscate your tax money to facilitate their little Dungeons and Dragons club at the uh, election box every year and you pay for it and then they rig the system so while they take everyone's money they then rig the system so that only a very select group of people who are willing to play and abide by their rules can run for office under their banners so this system is totally corrupt it's totally awful and john rust has the potential to be a very important person because he actually has the money to see it through so that's i didn't mean to derail the segment here on trump but everybody really needs to stick around for that at 9 30. okay trump casey have you ever met someone on a personal level who you really admired like a celebrity of some sort have you ever had the opportunity to have a personal interaction with someone who you were like super had a super high level of admiration with sure absolutely muhammad ali like and you hung out with him yeah Okay. He was trash talking my husband. (laughs) What's he going to do? Come back at Muhammad Ali? No. uh, Okay. So this may not, because you actually had a pleasurable experience. (laughs) If you have ever had the chance to have an interaction with someone who you deem a celebrity or like you see on television and you're like, oh my gosh, that person would be so cool to hang out with. Very rarely, and Casey has just derailed the entire segment because Casey actually had a positive experience with (laughs) someone she admired. Very rarely at the end of it, you go, oh my gosh, that person exceeded all expectations and that was freaking amazing. And that's kind of where it is with Trump now, Mm. where it's like, you've just seen it. Right. Like it just seems to be the same song and dance every single time. And there's very little new that you garner out of an interaction with Trump. Obviously, we're doing it via social media and we're seeing it on the Internet and we're seeing it on the television. But it's like it just doesn't meet the expectation that I have anymore. Does that do you get what I'm what I'm going at here? It's yeah, just like I you just, want more. I just see it. And it's like I've, 
I've, same old song and I've dance. I've played this routine out, and I'm yeah. just not I'm not wowed by it anymore. I, I'm not impressed by it. I, I don't leave the interaction going, wow, that was so cool. I can't wait to do it again. You're not motivated. Yeah. You're not excited. Yeah. Okay, well, Donald Trump said that in less than four months from now, we're going to win in Iowa, the caucus, in a historic landslide. He says uh, he wants everybody to support him and to bring friends along. Okay, so a uh, little, he was, uh, again, he was having a big event in Iowa. Mm-hmm. He was taking questions, it appeared. Yep. Um, so he said this is something Joe Biden wouldn't do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so here's uh, one of the first of many clips of Trump in Iowa. There are those who say this is the greatest political movement of all time. I think it is MAGA. You know, when Biden criticizes MAGA, I say, no, it it means make America great again. What's to criticize? You know, how do you criticize MAGA? It's they go, oh, those MAGA people, those MAGA people. Anybody that says that doesn't love our country. It's called make America great again. But this is the greatest movement of all time. You know, yeah. Ronald Reagan is in his grave going, uh, I, I think the Reagan revolution might have just had a, just, I don't know, I don't, 49 freaking states, Casey, mm-hmm. in 1984, might have been just slightly better than Trump sneaking it out by uh, 20,000 votes in 26. So Donald Trump is claiming that the MAGA movement is the greatest movement of all time. I, it's, okay, how about American colonization? That was a pretty big one. How about the suffrage movement? Also another, a big one. How about the Christian movement, Casey? How? Celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How about the abolition, move, abolition movement? How about civil rights movement? And for that matter, to your point, what about the Protestant Reformation? Also a big movement. Boston Tea Party. Fall of the Berlin Wall. Also a big movement. Uh, a, a big movement in Tiananmen Square. There, look, there are many, many people who love Donald Trump and <laughs> still wholeheartedly support him. And that's fine and great. And if Trump is the nominee, we'll absolutely vote for him. And I'm still almost quasi-inclined to vote for him in the the Republican primary, just because, as you know, Casey, I seek and thrive on chaos. And I mm-hmm. think that would be best for our show. And all these people are going to let me down anyway. But, like... The, it is not anywhere near what Reagan had a unified country behind the vision he was selling. Trump, some of it his own fault, some of it not his own fault, is existing in a deeply divided country where he did not unify the United States of America behind his vision of America in twenty in, in from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. He simply didn't do it. Not saying he could have. America may actually be too divided to ever come back together again. We may be you know, heading towards some sort of long-term separation. You know, who knows? I mean, the country is clearly very, very, very divided. There is no way you're going to square California and Florida right now. It's not going to happen. However, Ronald Reagan did manage to do that. 49 states, Casey. Mm -hmm. The only state Walter Walter Mondale won was his own in 1984. That far eclipses anything that is remotely going on with Donald Trump, past, present, and or future. Well, he went on to say that he's never seen the spirit that he is seeing in the 24 campaign. So we've run twice. I've never seen the spirit that we have this time. And a lot of that spirit, because you're longing for the good old days with the greatest economy ever and all those things. But, but. He does have a point. I mean, I, I, I've had enough of the Biden administration destroying, destroying the country. He's right. But I, so I had a conversation with uh, a... I don't know what you'd call this person. I was going to say a financial professional, but they're not like a—they're not like an investment 
they're not like a Bill Demery. They're they're a person who handles finances for a company. How about that? How okay. they so this is a very educated person, a very six person whose family has been successful in business, etc. And this is a just hardcore conservative person and we were talking about just this yesterday about people being sick and fed up with what's going on in the country. And we both unprompted of each other came to the exact same point off of that. Now, this person listens to our show, so clearly they know where I am on the thing, which is Trump's refusal to take the victory when handed to him. And by take the victory, I mean, just shut the hell up and only talk about how you're going to fix the economy and inflation and the border and gas prices. Mm -hmm. The win is right there. Tap it in the hole, happy. Mm -hmm. It's just a little tap, tap, tap and Trump does everything but actually take the win that's handed to him. Okay, well, there have been a lot of spirited campaign over the years. I mean, the Hamilton, that was spirited. Shot a, shot a guy. Let, Aaron Burr was actually shot. It was decided by the House of Representatives. Uh, Rutherford B. Hayes, there was a commission, a 15-member Congress commission decided that he would be president. And don't forget, more recently, Bush and Gore. It took five weeks. That was spirited, decided by the Supreme Court. Yes. Yes. I, I Look, there's no doubt Donald Trump has captured a huge portion of the Republican Party base. Correct. Absolutely agree. Without debate, without discussion. 100%. But he has yet to prove, and poll after poll shows, that based on he's running against a borderline dementia patient at this point, that he is either tied or only leading by 1%, he has yet to articulate that into a message that resonates with the majority, a clear majority of Americans, or a clear plurality, in, uh, whatever, how you ever you want to word it, of Americans. Mm-hmm. He has not done that yet. He goes on to say that uh, he could be living a nice life. <laughs> But instead, he'd rather... <laughs> this is like a backhanded compliment. Yes, it is. It's, it's so, I'm so glad you caught on to that. He'd rather be in the crowd in Iowa. So we have to get back to making our country great again. But you're right. Many people ask me that question. They say, how do you, how do, you do it? And I do it because I feel real love. And I feel real appreciation. And I do it because it's more important than anything else I could do. I could be living a very nice life, very nice life in the most beautiful places all over the world. And here I am with you in Iowa, and I'd rather be here. I'd rather be here. So thank you very much. Very nice. Appreciate it. Stuck with you, sorry ass people. I I could be in the most beautiful places all over the world. Here I am with you in Iowa. Oh, whoops. And they clapped for it. And they loved it. They ate it up. He's an entertainer. Kev, it'd be as if Kev walked into the studio (laughs) and said, you're lucky I'm here. (laughs) I'd rather be here with you people. I could be living a very nice life. (laughs) I'd rather be with you. What does that say? Yikes. Uh, all right, what's up when we come back? Uh, Don Jr. got hacked, and it's actually uh, his, his account is more fun when it's hacked. Uh, we'll review it coming up on 93 WIBC. 22 minutes after ten, after 9, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You're wishing your day away, Casey. <laughs> you ever see anybody on social media that says, don't, uh, don't accept a friend request from me, I was hacked? Yeah. That happens like at least... 
every other day, it yeah. seems like. Well, and you have so many friends on social media. I bet it is by the minute you're yeah. seeing those messages all pop up the time. in your feed. You're correct, Rob, all the time. Uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s social media account was hacked, and uh, he was accidentally sharing some weird posts. One of them said, I'm sad to announce my father, Donald Trump, has passed away. Not true. Uh, another one said that I'll be running for president in 24. Also not true. And uh, there was another one that said uh, Joe Biden posted some racial slurs. Also not true. Uh, yeah. Somebody got into his social media account and was posting some really bad uh, inappropriate things and uh, unfortunately for him that happened it appears it's been uh, rectified mm-hmm. but I suppose that's part of the deal that uh, that's why people tell you pick a secure password I guess Yeah, Eric Trump posted a couple tweets later about the hacking kind of making fun of his brother said actually he didn't want the account back because it was too entertaining when it was hacked and uh Neither of them have, Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr., have released any statement about the hacking. So they just kind of ignored it well, and moved on. I think everybody pretty much assumed. Remember, who was the one? Wasn't it Weiner that tried to say, remember when Anthony Weiner, mm-hmm. when he tweeted that, was it that he tweeted a picture of himself in his underwear and the baby was in the bed with him or something? <laughs> and then he tried to, didn't he try to claim he'd been hacked? And then they quickly determined it wasn't hacked. It, like, I think pretty Quickly, people were like, oh, this guy's been hacked. And that's chuckle funny for like a second for some people. And then people just go about their day. Whereas with someone like Anthony Weiner, it was like, oh, my gosh, the FBI is involved now. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not a hacking when there's those pictures involved. Let's talk about this latest YouGov Yahoo News poll. And in it, it has President Biden leading over Donald Trump. Uh, not by much, though. It's what it's they're They're within they're tied pretty much it's within the margin of error yeah so it comes back to this is a YouGov yahoo news poll um they're tied statistically with 44 percent of registered voters uh seven percent undecided four percent saying they won't vote and it comes back to while polling is but a snapshot of a moment in time if you believe the trend the trend is trending in the direction of Trump, mm-hmm. Biden at a 47-41 edge over Trump in the August poll. And I believe if you go back to, uh, and that's that's about, you know, kind of where it's been. Biden's had a somewhat sizable lead of, you know, somewhere between seven and four points. And now it's tied. And if polling is a snapshot of a moment in time, we are seeing poll after poll after poll showing these guys basically statistically tied, uh, maybe one person one point ahead the other way. And that's another example of the American people saying, please do not make us make a choice between either of these people. The first party to say this old geezer is out will win the election. Yeah. And and to quote Ray Davies from the Kinks, back where we started, here we go round again. And, and look, if you're a Trump, only Trump person, I will continue to ask this question. What has Donald Trump done to show you whether it, it has come up with an issue to uh, or a solution for the mass mail-in unaccountable voting or win people that he alienated in 2020, that exit poll after exit poll shows that many other of these people w- agreed with Trump's views but simply abhorred his personal behavior to the point where they couldn't vote for him. What what has he done to win those people over to show you it will be different this time? And I, I don't 
I don't see an answer to that. Well, another thing to take note of in this poll is how much the mainstream media plays into things. Because when people were asked whether Trump or Biden's family is more corrupt, 41% said Trump and only 38% said Biden. Yeah, I mean, look, look, it's interesting. The Biden thing is the age. Mm -hmm. Despite the overwhelming evidence about just what a, I mean, just a scumbag Joe Biden is and how he sold his power and influence, the overwhelming mark against Biden is not his corruption. It is his age and feeble mindedness. Yeah. 77% of Americans said that they see Biden's age as a small or big problem, while only 64% said the same thing about Trump. And they're only three years apart. All right, Casey, when we come back, Mm -hmm. John Rust is going to join us. He is an egg farmer from Seymour. He is trying to run on the Republican ticket uh, on the Republican primary in 2024 against Jim Banks for U.S. Senate, the Republican Party, because Jim has kissed the establishment ring finger. He has been a McCarthy butt sniffer. He has now kissed uh, Kyle Hupfer's ass, and they're endorsing him. They are the Republican Party in Indiana is going all in to try to ensure that no one decent can run against Jim Banks, and they are doing everything in their power to keep John Rust off the ballot, and he is suing multiple people to make this work. This is a super, super important deal because our election laws in this state and our ballot access laws specifically, they suck. All right, we're going to talk to John Rust next on 93 WIBC. guest in studio. His name is John Rust. He has filed a lawsuit in regards to his U.S. Senate campaign challenging election laws in the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. And uh, Casey, you know, we've talked about this before we introduced John. I, I, look, I don't know whether I agree with the guy's politics or not. I do know that I'm on his team because our election laws in this state, they suck. Yeah, they do seem a little bit hypocritical. Uh, candidates past two primary elections must be cast with the party the candidate is affiliated with or the county chair has to sign off like you have to get approval from somebody if you voted differently in previous elections yeah well the biggest part of this is they take public money they being the parties to facilitate their election the democrats and republicans and then they say well we're going to use everybody's money to facilitate our little dungeons and dragons club over here but we get to decide who can play in the dungeons and dragons game Mm -hmm. and we get to take people who we deem undesirables and do everything in our power to make sure they can't run that is un-american john russ joins us now john hello how are you i'm doing great how are you doing great so you are a farmer by trade from Seymour. Yes, chicken farmer. You have the great misfortune being represented by Jim Lucas, but that's neither here nor there. So tell us about (laughs) uh, the lawsuit. Tell us about what you're suing for, what you want to see happen. I am suing on behalf of all Hoosiers. 80% of Hoosier voters are ineligible to run for public office according to this statute. When people hear that, they are like, oh my gosh. You know, I think a lot of people initially thought, well, there's some rule that John missed or whatever, and it, it, it was a rule that is narrowly applied just to me, but it applies to every Hoosier. And with that rule, it's 80% 
of Hoosier voters are ineligible to run for public office. And they changed the law in recent years because it used to be you had to vote in one primary and then you were in. And then they said, well, we've got too many undesirables getting involved in this process. Now we got to make it two. And basically what they're saying to you as a regular person is if you uh, did not, you know, you in 2020, let's say you for some reason pulled a Democrat ballot for whatever reason, local election or whatever you might have been interested in. And then you said, you know, 2021, boy, this country's in bad shape. I, I've changed my mind. I'm a Republican. You would be ineligible to run, essentially, because in 2022, that was the only Republican ballot you pulled. Kind of hypocritical, John, from a party that claims they want to be a big tent. Exactly. And that that's why I'm running. I think the establishment, when they see my candidacy, they are it's like vampires reacting to sunshine. Mm. <laughs> it is... You know, sunshine's the best disinfectant. And when Hoosier voters hear about how this law applies to them, I think people will say, my gosh, this is wrong. I am so glad for John standing up for me to fight for my right to run for public office. What did compel you to run? Uh, what compelled me to run is this the shape of our economy and how career politicians are destroying it. You know, um, I'm running against Jim Banks. When he was elected to Congress in 2016, the national debt per tax taxpayer was $170,000. Today, that's over $250,000. It's going up $300 per week per taxpayer. That's unacceptable. That is career politicians working for their own careers, not for Hoosier voters. When you look at the system and you see, well, the Indiana Republican Party has endorsed Jimmy. Now, Casey, you remember Jim Banks. Mm-hmm. He is the he is the uh, U.S. rep who voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times, yep. told everybody what a great guy Kevin was, what mm-hmm. a phenomenal job Kevin would do. He's also the U.S. rep who flapped his gums all day about being against the debt ceiling and then couldn't be bothered to vote on the debt ceiling. So sure. just want to remind everybody who Jim Jim Banks is. John, are you surprised? Jim Banks is basically on social media cheerleading you being kept off the ballot. That's really unbecoming of a guy who claims, well, I fought for the freedoms of every American and, and I'm, I'm a guy of liberty and freedom. He sure doesn't seem to want you to have liberty and freedom to run against him. I think he is scared of any opponent. I think his candidacy will not survive a challenge from anyone, and that's why they work so hard to keep other people off the ballot. You saw a litany of really qualified candidates go to D.C. to try to see if there would be interest in them running against banks, and they were said no. The establishment said, no way. We are lining up behind Jim Banks. That's why I think I have a shot at this and a strong shot, because I want to push forward for Hoosier voters, not for the establishment in D.C. All this hullabaloo is because of your past voting record. In 2016, uh, you voted for Republican. 2012, you voted for a Democrat. In 2020, you did not vote. Do you regret not doing that? Well, in 2020... You know, that was they changed the election date because of COVID. So I, I missed the second election. I planned on voting, but, you know, they moved it and, you know, we were in shutdown over COVID. So there was a, a you know, a reason there that I couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, though. It's like it doesn't matter whether you chose to vote, not vote. You're an Amer- you're an American, right? But, exactly. And, 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 I mean, it does, I didn't mean to demean any way in Casey's question. I think it's I think it's an interesting question. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. You're not obligated to pick the worst turd in the punch bowl. Correct. <laughs>
<laughs> I know I'm, John's much nicer than me. I just I look at this and I, and I think John, the biggest thing for me is I see the Republican Party in Indiana as the party has endorsed Jim Banks, which means Banks is totally aligned with Holcomb and Hupfer and all the good time fun gang over there. And immediately they moved to keep you a viable challenger. Look, you're a very wealthy guy. I don't say that as a negative. You could clearly run ads and you'd be able to self fund if you wanted to do that. They're very worried about Jimmy getting any sort of challenger and they immediately move to ensure that you can't run for public office as a Republican. Exactly. And that's why I'm running and it is make me making me run harder. I care deeply about Hoosier voters and I want to work hard for them. The establishment is lining up against me. They did all this eight months before even the primary. That is incredible. That has never happened before. So real quick, John Rust is our guest. He is uh, a, uh, he's trying to run for U.S. Senate on the Republican side. The Indiana Republican Party is doing everything they can to prevent him from running. John is now taking it to court. So you're suing. You're suing. Who are you suing now? There's a litany of people you're suing as a part of this, right? Right. It's it's in the the complaint. You know, there's it's the Indiana Election Commission, uh, the Secretary of State uh, uh, is just legally required, and Amanda because you know she's the one refusing to sign my ballot. Yeah, so Amanda Lowry is the Jackson County Republican Party chair. Real quick, John, I want to talk about this, because this is how unfair the whole system is, Casey. This one woman Mm -hmm. gets to dictate, essentially, whether he can run or not. And I saw this when I was an elected official, where if we didn't like, or we, I'm saying the Republican Party, because I was an elected Republican, if they, we, whatever, didn't like somebody in elected office and we needed to find a challenge and it was hard, well, this guy's voting record's a little suspect. Hey, the county chair will sign off on it and this guy can run and it's fine. There, there, John, there's something ridiculous about the fact that one person in America, in a state of 7 million people, one person could essentially decide if she didn't like Jim Banks, she could sign off and you could run. Exactly. And that that's the whole point on this. And, you know, from what I understand, there, you know, this will be brought out in the lawsuit and it's it's just patently unfair how these county chairmen use this law to keep people off the ballot. What sort of support or actually lack of support are you seeing from the establishment, from anybody in your area? Uh, behind the scenes, I have very strong support, and that's statewide. People are saying, yes, do this. This rule is absolutely unconstitutional. It is crazy to keep Hoosier voters off the ballot. You know, Abdul and I have talked about this. We're going to have Abdul on later in the show today. Uh I hope that you win because I think the signature requirement <clears throat> in all uh, nine counties to have to get the five or uh, districts, congressional districts, to have to get those 500 signatures. Unless, of course, Casey or Todd Young, he did mm-hmm. not have to get those sure. signatures. But to get that is is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I think as a collective, even the idea of the publicly funded primary thing is ridiculous because it's a closed door club and you they clearly don't want me or or you in it. And so that's fine. Then pay for it yourself. So I'm hoping, and, I, and I'm curious if you heard this from people, that you're not only winning for yourself, but you're winning on a bevy of other issues where these two old parties keep undesirables out of running for public office. Right. This is all set up to keep anti-establishment candidates out. It's to it's to protect career politicians, and that's what I'm fighting against. Jim Banks has said no one's trying to keep you off the ballot, um, that you think you're above the law, and that you can just throw money around to buy the U.S. Senate seat. Is there anything you would like to say to Jim Banks? Can you say anything? Uh, 
no one can buy an election. I want to make my voice heard. Hoosier voters will ultimately decide this in the May primary. All right, before we let you go, John, I'll, I'll let you make the case, because I don't know if you know, we have a few people who listen to this show. We're often told by the State House <laughs> no one listens to this show, but the ratings say there are a few. Uh, if people want to join you in this fight, and I think everybody should be cheerleading for you, I have no idea about your politics. If you get on the ballot and can run, we're absolutely going to find out about those. I don't care right now, because what I care about is this corrupt system that keeps people that the Republicans and Democrats don't like from running for public office. If people want to join your fight, if they want to learn more about this to de- determine if they want to join your fight, how can they do that? Uh, please go to rust2024.com, R-U-S-T-2024.com. John Rust, good luck. Keep us posted. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. It's been a dream. Yeah. <laughs> a, gr- a great dream. A great dream. It's been a great dream. Thank yeah. you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 948. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Some breaking news this morning. Rupert Murdoch has stepped down as the chairman of Fox and News Corp. His son, Latchlin Murdoch, is going to become the sole chairman of What's the News Corp. What's his name? What's his name? Latchlin. Lachlan. You know, it's ever, it's ever like, it's ever Jason. Yeah, it's, just, it's not it's, Steve. It's always some, it's always some ridiculous name. L-A-C-H-L-A-N. Lachlan. Oh, I've never heard that name before. Neither have I. But he, uh, that name has more money attached to it than mine does, so good on him. Uh, more breaking news. Vladimir Zelensky from Ukraine is uh, showing up on Capitol Hill right now requesting another aid package. <laughs> 24, 24 million, 24 billion, whatever. A he's lot a, of money. He's just sort of shaking the cup. He's outside the nation's capital just shaking a cup at people. But it's being reported that Republicans denied his request to deliver an address to Congress. Good. He wanted to speak and they said, no, sit down. Maybe we can never let him come back. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Let's talk about what's going on with Ted Cruz. Uh, he said that he believes Joe Biden will not be the 24 Democrat nominee. He says that uh, Democrats are going to run who instead? Oh, Michelle Obama. If it's just the kingmaker saying, nope, we pick you, whoever doesn't get picked, everyone else is pissed. So here's the scenario that I think is perhaps most likely and most dangerous. In August of 2024, the Democrat kingmakers jettison Joe Biden and parachute in Michelle Obama. Okay, so Michelle Obama, consistently one of the more popular public figures, Uh, a recent survey from YouGov said that 77% of Americans have a favorable opinion of her. Only 15% have an unfavorable opinion. She clearly doesn't want to do it, though, Casey. She's had multiple opportunities. To you think st- so? <laughs> well, yes. Hell, she could have been the nominee this last time. If, if she, she wanted, wanted to. If she wanted to do it. So the uh, second most popular potential candidate is Kamala Harris. I don't see how that's possible. She's like underwater in all of her polling. Yeah, but that's in that's in national polling, and she is so far left that you know there's a huge portion of Democrats, and clearly reasonable intelligence is not a standard by which the Democrats hold their hold their candidates to. I present to you John Fetterman, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know amongst Democrats, it's probably not all that surprising. Uh, Barack Obama, many people think already is the puppet master behind the Biden White House. So why would Michelle Obama run? Yeah, if they're already in charge. Well, look, I mean, maybe she I, clearly. She is not. She is not beating down the doors to become president of 
the United States. Now, their kids are grown now, so maybe that, maybe she will change her tune. Who knows? But it comes back to poll after poll after poll showing the first party who pulls the plug on Trump or Biden is probably going to win this thing. Okay, so uh, Joe Biden continuing to be a complete disaster. I don't know if you noticed this, but he was fiddling with his earpiece. He walked into an American flag. Simon, I I thought when you said he was fiddling with his and I just was just so. You were waiting. Just just so tensed up on what (laughs) what was going to come after. Is today the day we lose the Uh, license? No. I'm so glad it was earpiece. Go ahead, Casey. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) with his earpiece he walked into a flag and then didn't shake the hand of the uh, president of brazil yes who seemed to be very upset about this and this is like the the fourth or fifth time now it seems like this has happened Mm -hmm. where he's on stage with someone and you know if you're the president the last thing you do before they go out there they're like okay one more time you're gonna look left He's going to look right. You're going to shake hands. You're going to grip and grin. You're going to go this way. He's, You know there's people, stagers, that's literally what they do, advanced teams, whatever. And he leaves people in the lurch mm-hmm. on the regular. Yeah, it makes them feel stupid. So no wonder they're upset. Like, I'm standing here ready to shake your hand. You walk away. I don't know what to do with my hands. You know, like I mean, it, it is the equivalent. So we have a, a dear listener, Jace, who is with us from South Carolina today, who's sitting in on, in our show. I mean, it's amazing, Casey. On one hand, we're told nobody listens, and then people from halfway across the country want to come sit in on our show. Mm-hmm. He is with us today. It would be the equivalent of when he came up here, mm-hmm. if I'd have just said, uh, hey. <laughs> and just walked right on past him. Yeah, nice to see you. Except it's not very welcoming. Except instead of coming from South Carolina, this guy came from freaking Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which well, I don't know if you know is farther away than South Carolina. <laughs> yes, I am aware. But once again, Biden claiming that he isn't supposed to speak. He does this all the time. I don't know if they're going to let me answer questions. Who are they? Reminder, you're the president. You can do pretty much what you want as proven time and time again but here he is saying he can't he can't talk unless he's told he's out he's allowed to and i couldn't agree with you more i know i'm not supposed to speak again but my dad used to have an expression when i was growing up my father had an expression my father was uh, did not have a college degree but he was a well-read man and he worked very hard his whole life you say joe a job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about self-respect. It's about being able to look your children in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. I mean, he's not wrong on that. That was mildly coherent. It seemed like some decent life advice. He's I mean, used we should... that story before. Well, of course he has. Mm-hmm. But we use the same stories all the time, too, here, Casey. The difference is we can get them out in complete sentences, and they don't change because we're not riddled with dementia. What happens when he does speak? When he's, quote, not supposed to. Does he get denied his putting in the evening? Have you ever seen the movie Happy Gilmore? Yes. Don't you picture somebody being in the back like the Ben Stiller character at the nursing home (laughs) going like this, putting their finger up to their mouth and then telling, you know, Biden comes backstage and goes, I'd I'd like a a glass of warm milk. And somebody looks at him and goes, you're going to get a glass of shut the heck up, old man. <laughs> well, apparently he answered the question. You know who tells him that he's not supposed to talk? Oh. It's his staff. <laughs> I know the staff is going crazy. They're supposed to say, we're supposed to ask the press to leave a long time ago. But I want to say one more thing. <laughs> 
<laughs> we cut off what he was going to say. You're the president of the United States, and you're worried that like some 25-year-old kid in the back is going to be mad at mm-hmm. you. It's the staffers who are controlling everything, not the president. It's the people who work for him. It's like he has to get permission, right? You are president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it. And he is concerned about if some guy named Chet, (laughs) who's on an internship, is going to allow it. It was a big day yesterday. There was a hearing. Merrick Garland was there. We've got a lot of it coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.